sisters. Golf and rock and roll, not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were all to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with the fastest texter on the planet, (laughs) Will I Am Perry. I wish everybody got to see the dance that you just did before uh, you said all that. Oh, you didn't like No, I saw it. Oh. I did. The camera didn't see it. Oh, you're kidding. Come on. We're live. We're doing that Facebook live thing, and uh, you can uh, catch us at the Golf Insiders and tweet us at the Golf Insiders and... Will is just keeping yet for new head coach Tom Thibodeau and the Wolves. Dennis Newman, Richie Adubato, they are Amway Center for us tonight. We'll talk with them. (laughs) Live radio, don't we love it? That's what it's all about. Come on, Tom. I was just getting started. I'm almost over this cold. So keeping us on our toes. You say something about my morning voice here, my friend. He, a previous regime here <laughs> left, left something up. You're good now. All right. So uh, sit back. We got a great hour of golf talk tonight. Uh, okay. Will? Uh, Rod Pampling. Ten years in the making. Winning in Las Vegas for his first PGA Tour title since 2006. <laughs> doesn't quite flow off the tongue. No, it doesn't. Um, and... Uh, a big, big win for him. And Aussie, who uh, has been out on tour uh, for a long time, 47 years old. Definition of, like, the true journeyman who, you know, just continues to play, continues to grind it out. Yeah, and, and was grinded out against a major champion, Lucas Glover, who has fallen off the map for a few years and now it's had a couple of top tens is having a resurgence uh what was it two top fives is the most that he's had in years it might i i i was when i was watching golf channel i remember if it was yesterday or today i think they said something like 2007 2008 2009 like that's how long it's been since he's put a stretch like that together which is surprising for someone like lucas i mean he won a u.s open at beth page for he did, but you know what's interesting, and they talked quite a bit about this, his putting stats. He's always not been a great In player. the basement. And yeah. so, you know, we all know you can hit it straight, but you got to putt for the dough. Absolutely. You got to get it into the cup. But, um, hey, you know, this is what I keep saying. The 40-somethings still got lots of game. They bringing that into That's the true. Champions Tour. And a little blog I just wrote, you right, did? about uh, I think we're missing the mark. Obviously, we've got to keep bringing um, you know youngsters into the game, but uh, there's a bucket load of 30, 40, 50-year-olds out there, 60-year-olds who could certainly support our great game of golf and could play for a number of years. That's the great thing about about golf is that you know you can pick it up and 
You know, if you stay healthy, play it uh, a lot longer than you could play basketball, Into baseball, or yeah, tennis I mean, even sure. if you have bad knees. One of the things that I thought that you mentioned that was interesting, and I think as golfers, you know, we always kind of overlook this aspect of how um, intimidating the game can be um, from a perspective of being a beginner and not, you know, you even mentioned your friends walking into the clubhouse, you know, like, what do I do? Um you know, going out to a course, which everyone, you know, most golfers are out there to play, you know, 18 holes. It's a five hour process. Um, you know, it's very regimented. It's very structured. Um, but to the beginner, they don't know any better. They just want to go out and have a good time. And I thought that was pretty cool how you introduced the game to your friends. I think you only played six holes. Um, you know, that could that still maybe because you were teaching them still probably took maybe what, two hours. So, I mean, you think of it for a beginner to give up two hours to go play golf. I mean, that's a considerable amount of time considering what you guys took to also drive there and warm up and everything. And this, it's not to harp on the negative side of golf. I mean, we're all aware how long the game takes from start to finish. But, um, you know, I was that was something that I was intrigued by and in actually in what you had written. Well, and it's amazing how many times, and I've, I, I had an experience, um, oh gosh, this must have been 12 years ago or so, I uh, was playing in a little event, mixed um, industry event with some women out at Celebration. And we started you know, off and played, I don't know, three or four holes. And one of the women in the group was a high handicapper and um, had a great attitude, given that she was whacking away and, you know, having 10s and 12s and, uh, you know, still managing to enjoy it somehow. Most of us probably would have uh, packed it in <laughs> after the first hole. But... Uh, along the way, all of a sudden, I realized that they had learner tees. And I said, Judy, I said, wait a minute. There's a tee for you. Come on. You're going to start playing these tees. Well, it was amazing to see the entire shift in her whole uh, experience the minute she felt like she had a place to go. And now she was able to play the game from, you know, 100 yards out and feel like she was playing along with us. Mm-hmm. Now she was hitting the green in, you know, three or four and having a chance to make a putt, you know, for a par. And her whole demeanor and experience completely changed. And that was the one of the things I was looking at as I'm watching, you know, these two friends of mine who are relatively new players, uh, you know, as they're standing on, on the, tea, the opening hole, par five, we're out at Eagle Dunes, and you know, going, oh my gosh, this is, you know, terrorizing. As I've often, plus yards, as I've often explained it, uh, you know, for beginner golfers, it's like taking a ski lesson, having your instructor take you up to the black diamond stro- soap after an hour and uh, saying, see at the bottom, have a good time. True. Catch me if you can. Yeah. If they had, what I, fun is that? There's not. I had just started learning or just learned how to ski for the first time back in, what was it? March. And if they had done that to me, I would have been like, I am not doing this, not doing this. Yeah. Well, I think, so. you know, I think for many a beginner, whether you're, you know, you're a guy or a woman, uh, you know, that often is the, is what it feels like. And I think we can do a lot more things to um, make the game more inviting. And it doesn't even have to involve big, huge initiatives. As I mentioned in my 
My blog. How about just something as simple as a little sign that says, welcome new golfers. Wow, what a concept. You yeah. know, I think that would make you feel good when you walked into a pro shop. For sure. Uh, and again, you know, having some team markers out, you know, in the in the fairway so that, you know, beginners have a place to, to go and feel like they've got their tee. Uh, I've just never understood this. You know what, you know, put, put some artificial pads out there, you know, if the superintendent's worried about, you know, Scuffing it all Scuffing up. Scuffing it up and, and, you know, not having a pretty little tea out there. There's ways we can do it and, and we need to do it. And um, and I think there's plenty of market in the 30, 40, 50-year-old crowd. Well, like you were saying, those are the those are the folks with, with the money to be able to make it happen. That's for sure. And in order to be able to take up the game. Absolutely. So uh, we have the Champions Tour, the Charles Schwab Cup that's, Finishing up this week out in Arizona, we're going to be talking to Martin Capellian from the PGA Tour dot uh, com about what's shaping up for a great finish to the Champions Tour. And we're two weeks away, Will, from the CME, the LPGA Grand Finale. And interestingly, we do not have an American player in the mix, despite the fact that um, they. Let's see. Um, we had the U.S. Open champion. Uh, Angela, Stan- wait. No, Jessica Corda. Just- no, no, I don't no, know. I'm totally. I'm, I'm, I'm no, totally, Angela Stanford. I totally have too much cold medicine in my head. <laughs> but anyway, we do not have an American in the mix, and it's boiling down to a very exciting um, mix between. Two youngsters. Yeah. The Lydia ones Co. that we've talked about all year long. And Arya Tutanyagarn. You were closer to getting it that time. <laughs> but don't make me spell it. No. Uh, so, you know, very exciting stuff happening. Uh, th- that tournament in, in Naples in a couple of weeks. They're in Mexico this week at the um, uh, Lorena Ochoa tournament, which, of course, uh, many, many of the players enjoy attending her invitational. The newly crowned uh, Hall of Famer. That's right. Yep. And we had uh, the Turkish Open, which... Rory and many of the players did not attend, including mm-hmm. Tiger. And another name that you love pronouncing, Thorbjorn Olsson. Thorbjorn Olsson. Yeah. Um, That's make, another tongue twister. <laughs> making uh, his, his big win. And we know uh, the race to Dubai coming down the stretch here as well. So Just uh, two more weeks. This week they're in South Africa. Next week is the DP World Challenge. And in Dubai, and, you know, that's the big one for them. It is. So uh, we have a lot of golf talk still going on Always as is. we're uh, racing through November. So stay with us, the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. More golf talk coming up. When he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. The Golf Insiders, we're back taking you down the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Bill Perry. Who was the winner of the U.S. Open, ladies? Brittany Lang, right? We're getting everything all tongue-twisted up today. Usually we're on the same page. It was a long night. We're trying to 
We are sorry. We were talking a little bit about the election in between. So yes, and not uh, to get everyone else all riled up. We're hoping we're just providing a little comedy for <laughs> those of you who may be, uh, you know, having to have started some adult beverages with your breakfast this morning <laughs> over what's happened. But uh, we won't go there right now. All right, we'll take no more time. We're going to go. Brittany Lang confirmed. Straight to a guy who we know would get this right off the top of his head, no matter how many Coronas he had down in Mexico. Jeff Babineau from Golf Week on the line. Hello. Hello, Holly G and Will. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Um, Big, big win. Rod Pampling. Where in the heck did he come from? Well, gee, we'll remember him in Orlando. Last time he won was in 2006 at Bay Hill. That's, That's right. That's a lot of golf. That's a lot of golf under the bridge. And uh, it just shows you, you know, at 47, he'd, he'd struggled. He'd gone back to the web.com finals the last two years to try and get back out on the big tour. And uh, you never know when it's going to happen, right? And it, and it happened for him. Big win. How, how, you know, again, we talk about it week after week, you know, what it takes, even for the, you know, guys out there that, you know, the, even the Jason days, right? That they say anytime you can put yourself in position on Sunday, you know, you, you feel very lucky. But, uh, you know, a guy like Rod having to go through this and even um, Lucas Glover, you know, a U.S. Open champion who, you know, has had to retool his game, kind of fell, you know, off the map for five years, had terrible putting woes, and now um, he's had a couple of great tournaments. And... Your very own Keegan Bradley from uh, good <laughs> old New own. England played very yeah. well. And look at those three. I mean, you know, you got the, he's a major champion. And yeah. then right in the uh, final uh, holes, you had Jeff Ogilvie making a run. Yeah, that was huge. He, he hadn't been there in a while. You, you had four guys there in the hunt that have had big-time putting woes, you know. Lucas Glover struggled with a putter. Pampling had a tough time. You know, he was a long putter guy. Uh, Keegan Bradley has struggled making that adjustment to the non-anchored stroke. So uh, it's good that these guys are finding it. You know, uh, Keegan Bradley and Lucas Glover had two top tens apiece all of last year. That's a long year, and they already have two to come out this fall. So that's just a good way to get some momentum. And it's a good chance in this fall series to build a little something for when uh, 2017 rolls around. That's something that we were talking about a couple weeks ago, you know, about that whole aspect of there not really being an offseason. This is really a time to kind of gear up. Graham McDowell mentioned that. I think it probably came a little bit from his um, pre-round press conference, um, you know, heading into this week in, in Mexico. You know, he he was a guy who who's mentioned that same thing too. I mean, what are, what are some of the players talking about this week heading into the OHL Classic? Well, I mean, it's just such a good opportunity. If you win this early, like Rod Pampling winning last week, he's basically, you know, usually you win on tour, you get a two-year exemption. But if you win this early, it's basically a three-year exemption. Uh, He didn't have a very good category to play out of, but now he's in a winner's category, so he gets all this year. And then he'll get the next two seasons with his win, and that takes him up to his 50th birthday in September of 19, and he's ready for the Champions Tour. So, If you can win this time of year, you almost get a three-year exemption for, you know, a week before that, it was a 26-year-old Cody Gribble in his eighth start on tour. He won. Now he can free will it for three years and not worry about, you know, just out there making cuts, trying to keep a card. So it's winning is huge. I mean, it gets you into the bigger events and moves you up that world ranking list. And it's just, it's hard to do, but when you do it, there's some great perks. 
Speaking about some of the prospect on tour, what what are your thoughts on kind of the new era that's ahead with uh, with the new commissioner uh, on tour there? Yeah, I'm excited. I, I've known Jay Monahan for quite some time. I mean, I used to go up uh, the early days of the Deutsche Bank Championship, and you know, Mark Steinberg, Tiger's agent, handpicked Jay uh, to run that run that event, and he created it from scratch and did a really nice job. Uh, and, and he's uh, He's well-respected. He's done all kinds of jobs at the PJ Tour. Uh, he's even been a player agent to Brad Faxon. So, you know, he's got a great background. I think he can see things through a lot of different angles. I think the Tour has a lot of momentum. I mean, certainly there are challenges, but the Tour has an awful lot of momentum, and his main job is just to keep that going. Yeah, it really is remarkable when you look at Tim Fincham's 22 years after taking over from Dean Beeman, of course, you know, very popular commission who – uh, helped grow the the tour in the Arnold Palmer days. Um, Twenty two point two billion dollars to charity. A hundred and ten events on three tours when he started. A hundred and forty now on six different tours. They raised thirty two million a year back in nineteen ninety four. Hundred and sixty million uh, last year. So really, uh, just phenomenal what he's done. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, he he. Timed it pretty nicely. I mean, he he started in '94 and in '96 that kid named Tiger Woods came along, and you know purses spiked, and you know now they're playing for just the PGA Tour this year. I'll play for like 339 million dollars, so they're carving up a nice pie out there. And and uh, you know it, it, he's done things smartly. It's it's always evolving. You know you're evolving in the new times with you know live streaming and people wanting to watch golf on mobile devices and all this all these things. So. You, know, you got to sort through a lot of things. You got to sort through what you're going to do as a global tour. You know, three tournaments in Asia next fall for the PGA Tour. So, you know, there's a lot to kind of handle and get your arms around. But, uh, but like I say, mostly it's good stories and good growth and and lots of momentum. And it's a good time to be playing the PGA Tour. And now he says he wants to, you know, spend a little time working on his game. He's a pretty good yeah. player. What about a seven handicap? Uh, yeah, he probably was lower than that at one time. He's a pretty good player, and uh, he plays up at Pablo Creek up there in Ponte Vedra. And I don't think he was in any great rush. You know, you're making five-plus million dollars a year as commissioner. I don't know that he was in any great rush to grab the door, but in fairness, he wanted the guy behind him, which, you know, Jay Monahan's 46, to have a run like he had. So, you know, you give Jay Monahan 20 years in the job, he's going to be 66 and, and maybe helping to find his successor. So, uh, you know, Finch, you know, he's almost 70 and it's time, and, and I hope he gets to enjoy it. And uh, he, he practices golf a lot, but says he doesn't play that much, so now he can kind of flip those two. So I mentioned Keegan Bradley having a good tournament. Of course, we expected great things from Keegan after he won the PGA Championship. You've known him. You've watched him play. Uh, you know, what do you think it's been that's kept Keegan from, you know, racking up a few more big tournaments and majors? Well, I think the putting has held him back, you know, the putting. And, and it's just, it's all confidence out there, you know. It's it's so you're you're heading one way or the other, you know. You're, you're barely standing still. It's You're going one way or the other. And I remember last year at Valspar, he was the first-round leader. And uh, he sounded so good and things. You know, he played well, played on a – scored well on a tough golf course. And he ended up missing a cut the next day. And it just – the highs and lows out there when you're just trying to get something going – can be really tough. And then, you know, there's always the pressure of playing as a major winner. I mean, you get that next to your name and you're introduced as a U.S. Open champion or a PGA champion, and it kind of adds a little pressure and you want to 
stay at this higher level. And it's tough to do because, I mean, you're getting pushed from all angles. I mean, look at these young kids that are trying to pop in there uh, who are playing so well. So it just it becomes a tough there, and you kind of ride highs and lows of confidence. And, and right now he has some confidence going, and that's a really good thing. We're talking to Jeff Babineau from Golf Week and GolfWeek.com. Speaking of young players, we got to see a little bit of Aaron Wise, uh, you know, playing well. The NCAA individual champion from uh, Oregon, 20 years old. You know, it's it's incredible how these kids come out here and they're just ready to win. Yeah, you know, John Rahm, who tied for 10th here a year ago, I think he turns 22 tomorrow. Yikes! uh, he has nine pro starts. He's averaging $132,000 a start. So he's making a little more than the college grad I have living under my roof. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, it's time to become a caddy. Uh, I, I, last week I read that nice little bonus that Rory's caddy got from uh, the FedEx Cup. You know, that that got a little bit his, – his win there got a little bit uh, lost in, the, of course, you know, the passing of Arnold Palmer and then moving right into the Ryder Cup. But uh, – his his caddy is a pretty happy camper. Yeah, I mean Billy Horschel did that with his caddy, which is really cool. He gave him a million dollars out of his ten million bonus, and uh, yeah, there are some cool caddy stories. I mean Cody Gribble had a college teammate from Texas on his bag when he won in Jackson, and uh, some a lot of these guys were good players. Uh, this kid still wants to play, Bobby Hudson. You know he's young and wants to play, but boy, you look at what you make one week caddying out there, and that's a that's a lot of mini tour money. Uh, so guys like Damon Green and Paul Tesori and guys who have, you know, Paul Jordan have played the tour, they're finding it's a nice living out there carrying a bag and, and uh, working with players that are playing for 6 and $7 million every week. Ryan Moore had another good tournament, um, finished, uh, you know, he, he got hot a little bit late, but uh, had a beautiful eagle on 16 as in the closing holes on Sunday. And, of course, you know, we watched him finish up that uh, amazing playoff at Eastlake and then get himself into the Ryder Cup. You, you have big, uh, you think big things are going to come for Ryan this year? I, I do. I mean, I think maybe he's going to, he's kind of done what he's done in relative obscurity, you know, and, and that's fine with him. He's a bit of a, a kind of a loner and just gets out there and gets his job done. He's a nice guy, but it's not, you know, he gets his stuff done and heads home and uh, he kind of pretty much had put the Ryder Cup out of the picture. You know, it was one more team that he was barely going to miss, and he has that one magical Sunday at Eastlake, plays his way on the team, and then just to experience what he did at uh, at the Ryder Cup, I think something like that can elevate a guy to a whole different level. So uh, he's got a lot of game. I mean, he dominated the amateur circuit like no one since Tiger when he won everything in 04, and he's got a lot of game in there. And I just think, you know, he just needs that little extra confidence to, to stay and compete against the top guys week in, week out, and, maybe contend at a major or two. And I kind of look forward to him kind of reaching that next level. So who are you keeping your eye on this week uh, down in Mexico, Jeff? Well, I like John Rahm actually this week. I think he's, he's a good guy to keep an eye on. And, and Keegan, you know, for uh, his struggles, he's a top 10 guy there a year ago. So uh, he probably likes that golf course a lot too. So uh, we'll see if he can keep it rolling. And I guess my third guy I'd give you would be Chris Kirk. He's another guy that's kind of, you know, he's been there in the big events, and he, now he's uh, starting to find it a little bit more. And his form looks pretty good. All right. You just did a Holly G pick. <laughs> you had two and, two, two and three in your back pocket. I like that. That's right. Better's That's your right. chances you gotta, of picking out. one. All right. 
All right, Beth. You gotta pick them in a sleeve, right? That's right, <laughs> exactly. That's my philosophy. Jeff Babineau, check him out and all the great writers at Golf Week Magazine and GolfWeek.com. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble. Won't pay the price. I love my Muni. I think it's nice. If we could just make We're back. The Gulf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G. Along with Will. I am Perry. And uh, this week, the PGA Tour is down in lovely Mayacoba, Mexico. You love to be down there. Uh, the OHL Classic. I may just ship myself down there to get rid of this cold. I am over it. And, I wouldn't mind hanging out on the beach. Yeah. And, um, you know, pretty good-looking field here. We've got a good mix of players. Jim Furyk in the field. Keegan Bradley, who we've been talking about. Luke Donald. Ernie Els. Ernie Els. Tony Finau. Uh, Billy Horschel, Graham McDowell, defending champion, Russell Knox, uh, you know, my new sweetie, Emiliano Grio. Uh-huh, he's, he's playing. The, along with 17 other rookies, I think the number was too. Yeah, so, uh, you know, as we say, these these give uh, these tournaments give some of these guys a chance to shine. And you were mentioning something about a few of the Mexican players. Yeah, there's a couple, there's a contingency of some great young Mexican players down there, Sebastian Vasquez, uh, Rodolfo Casabon, and Carlos Ortiz that could surprise some people this week. I mean, those are some guys that, you know, not too many people ha- know about, but I've been fortunate to kind of been around that circle. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if any of, if not all three of them, finished in the top 20 this week, in and, all seriousness. And uh, one of them in particular, right, uh, at the Gary Gilchrist Academy? Uh, well, yeah, Rodolfo used to train directly with Gary, um, and then Sebastian did as well. And then Carlos worked with um, Chema Sanchez, who was at the academy for a long time as well. And um, so those guys have all have all kind of come through Orlando at one point or another. Yeah, such a great... Uh, Great academy we have here right out in uh, my neck of the woods at Mission Inn. Uh, we'll waste no more time. We're going to go to Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Um, I don't know if uh, he's sipping any Coronas or um, what Hopefully he's up to. Hopefully not right to. now. <laughs> hey, Bob. Hey, how's it going? Uh, going well. So, um, yeah, give us a little, some of your thoughts on, on the tournament this week. Well, you know, uh, like you guys were just mentioning, it, it, it's kind of an interesting smattering of rookies and veterans, and uh, you know, you've even got a Hall of Famer in there, and Ernie Els, and a potential one, and Jim Furyk, and and everything in between. And you know, for as much uh, chatter as there is about there's too much golf, or you know, all that sort of stuff, this is here's a great example of of uh, of guys getting out there and taking advantage. I mean. Uh, Obviously, the young guys, the rookies, um, are, are going to do that. But you also n- mentioned some some other names there that are that are probably looking to try to get a jump on the season. They don't want to get too far behind, uh, and they're trying to uh, earn some FedEx Cup points and get their tournament starts in here, uh, you know, before the end of the year. And so that's um, that's the system we have, and, and you see guys now learning to take advantage of it and, and, and figure out what's best for them. 
Yeah, and a story also this week about uh, Jordan Spieth hoping that playing less will mean winning more in 2017. So you think um, he's he's starting to learn a little bit of, more about that process? Yeah, I mean it's kind of it's it's kind of ironic when when he was doing all he was doing last year. There was there was a few red flags that went up, and it was mentioned, and um, and you know his people, frankly, you know, scoffed at it. Uh, uh, and I, I remember, you know, very well thinking what he was going to be going through was was uh, was a lot. He he played the President's Cup in Korea and came back to Texas, and then he went to China for the. Uh, HSBC tournament, which he skipped this year, and then came home. And then he went to Australia to defend the Australian Open title and then went right from there to the Bahamas. And then remember, he had that little outing at Augusta National in December last year. And then he was at home for a couple of weeks and he played Hawaii and won. And so I, I think maybe that might have, you know, thrown off the thinking a little bit, you know, like, hey, this is going to be fine. We're going to be okay. Uh, but then, you know, a couple of weeks later, Abu Dhabi, Singapore, comes home, two tournaments in California. I mean, it just became too much. Now, this year he skipped the tournament in China. He is going to the Australian Open next week, but there's a week after that before going to the Bahamas. And then he'll go to Hawaii. And, but it sounds like he's, he's skipping, you know, that uh, Middle Eastern trip this year. Uh, and so if he just gets back on a normal kind of domestic schedule, that's probably okay. Uh, um, you know, it's uh, the, the other part of it is, is he was offered appearance money. Uh, you know, Dustin Johnson and Ricky Fowler are going to Abu Dhabi. They're, they're going to cash in. Uh, and that's part of it, too. You know, whenever we talk about, well, what if they just cut back on the schedule a little bit? Well, they might, but then there might be some international tournament that wants to pay these guys to go, and the top names might be there anyway. So it's really hard dynamic here um the bottom line is is that uh that, that the tours if they can find sponsors that'll put the bill they're going to play tournaments and uh and uh, as you saw from a guy like rod pampling last week you know there's guys who are who need need the chances and and he's one who took advantage we're talking to bob herrick from espn.com will so, I mean, what are we looking at maybe this year, you know, for those interested in Jordan's schedule? Somewhere between 20 to 22 events, something really central, centralized more around the majors, kind of gearing up for the majors and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see, uh, to, to see what he does. Um, uh, you know, last year I thought he played a little too much going in and uh but it's a fine line he's also you know what 22 23 years old the the, the the thinking is he can he can deal with that just fine but you know uh if he were to play say hawaii and may, maybe he plays um uh tory pines and then he plays pebble beach and riviera tournaments that he likes uh and then uh goes and plays the mexico wgc and either the valspar where he's play, where he won year before last and then Houston before the masters, you know, that's sort of more in line with, with what were what uh, he had done the year prior. And, um, you know, I'm not convinced that that's the reason he didn't win more last year, but, uh, you can see the toll it can take. He, he played in a lot of countries and a lot of different time zones. And, uh, you know, I don't care if you're in business class or flying a private plane, there comes a point when it does, start to take a toll and 
And, and I think he was kind of worn down by the end of the year. He might not have admitted as much, but, you know, it just gets to be a lot of golf. And um, as we all know, it's golf, but yet there are aches and pains and, and uh, you know, little things that crop up in golf that, uh, uh, you know, practicing, if you're, if you're practicing too much or if you – Maybe your elbows bothering you, your wrists. Well, then you're going to maybe start getting into bad habits. I mean, there's so many things to it, and uh, yet, yet there's so many people pulling at you. The tour wants these guys to play as many tournaments as they can. Um, you, you don't think that the tournament sponsor in Mexico would love to see these guys? I mean, that's the whole thing. They're paying the same freight almost as somebody in the regular part of the schedule. So it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a never-ending kind of a dilemma for these guys how to piece it together yeah and i know that you have a a piece on espn.com about the uh the passing of the reins from commissioner tim fincham to uh um uh moynihan this this uh this week and you know it's interesting uh when he started there were 110 events on three tours now there are 140 on six tours speaking of you know (laughs) A lot to pack in yeah. your schedule as a player. No question. Um, yeah, you know, obviously Jay has has some big shoes to fill there. You know, there's obviously there is always going to be things that people didn't like about uh, someone, a commissioner like Tim Fincher, but I think taken as a whole, what the, the job he did over the last 20 years, it's hard to quibble with. You know, he, he grew the brand. He grew the tour. Uh, and purses increased, playing opportunities increased, and ultimately that is the job and the goal of the tour. You know, they 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 work for the players, and the players, you know, have incredible opportunities to uh, enrich themselves. Not to mention that, uh, you know, that really uh, great pension plan they have that's uh, not discussed that much, but can be very lucrative as well. So. Um, oh, I thought you were talking you know, about the FedEx Cup for a minute. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. So let's say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's sort of another, you know, that's that's kind, of, but that's that most of that money for the guys. A lot of it goes into their retirement plan, but that's right. separate from the actual pension plan that these guys have, based on performance and cuts and all that sort of thing. And um, you know, Jay, from whatever, from what I gather. Is um, is perfect guy to step in and, and keep it moving and keep it humming along and and probably make it better. Yeah, I mean, and he's a marketing guy. He's been involved in you know a lot of uh, aspects of golf. So if, you know, if there was a way, I think even Fincham said he's more qualified than when he stepped into the job just by nature of you know the different uh, you know different jobs he's had in golf. The fact that he was twice you know a tournament director. Uh, the Deutsche Bank, and then he was, you know, he also ran the Players Championship for a couple of years, um, and he and he worked for a sports entity, Fenway, I believe it was called Fenway Sports, um, that wasn't just golf. Um, you know, Tim was a lawyer. He worked in the Carter White House, Jimmy Carter. He he was not as much of a sports person, even though he obviously had a, a love for golf. I, I think bringing a little more sports background to it and having had some on the ground experience with the events themselves is going to really help him. And it's probably going to be a, 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 a bonus for the, for the week to week tournaments. Uh, you know, cause I think, I think Jay has a little bit more of a compassion and understanding for what they go through. 
Uh, and Tim might not have. You know, Tim might not have understood that, uh, you know, when a sponsor couldn't, you know, when they, when they were cutting a deal with a sponsor and they had to put the squeeze on the tournament to make it all work, well, how that might actually impact them. Jay might say, no, look, we can't do that. So um, it's, I, you know, I just, I, I, you know, Fincham has been nothing but uh, have words of praise for, for Jay. And obviously he sort of groomed him. He, he put him in a position to take over. And, and uh, you know, it seems like it's going about as well as they all could have hoped for in terms of keeping the ship sailing smoothly. Absolutely. So who do you have your eye on this week in Mexico, Bob? I went with John Rahm, who, uh, who uh, is, is off to a really nice start as a pro. And I believe he's played 12 or 13 straight rounds at par or better on the PJ Tour. He's been 15th the last two tournaments he's played. He had a really good start to his pro career when he you know, turned pro last summer. And, uh, you know, I think it's just a matter of time before he wins. So why not this week? I like it. I think he's a good, strong player, too. It's going to be uh... – Good tournament, good mix of players. As always, we appreciate spending time with one of the hardest-working guys in our business, Bob Herrick, ESPN.com. Thanks so much, my friend. Thank you. Bye. Listen to 96.9 The Game, the Golf Insiders. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up. I want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments. None of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so to me. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. I get my dentures shining bright. I got a death. We're back, the Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. Holly G, along with Will Perry. And um, who are you picking this week? Well, maybe we'll, I'll ask it before we. Okay. Well, I, I mean, we, we were kind of throwing to it a little bit there before, uh, before we had Bob on. Honestly, I'm going to take Carlos Ortiz. Three-time winner on the um, web.com tour when he got his card heading into 2015 and has, has had some nice finishes on the PGA Tour already. And you know how it is when players get into environments that they kind of bring about that confidence. Um, you know, I would look for someone like him to have a really good week this week. All right. Uh, we're going to waste no more time because we're going to go to um, out to Scottsdale and to uh, – we don't have him yet, Tom? Oh, okay. We're still waiting on Barton to check in on the Champions Tour. So how about tour. your pick then? All right. Let me think here. Uh, You've got that list of veterans. We've got Jim Furyk. Ernie Els, Graham McDowell's getting his season going again. Was Ryan Moore playing this week? I don't know if Ryan Moore is Russell playing. Russell Knox. Keegan Bradley. I'm kind of rooting for Keegan to have a win. Um, it's been a while. It has been a, win, a while. So I'll, I'll do my uh, trifecta golf sleeve pick. So we're both just pulling it we're just, completely out. Yeah. Carlos Ortiz, by the way, I think he, I just looked. He was He's ranked like 450-something in the world. So we're both like reaching into the – 
bottom, bottom part of the bag. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to go with Keegan. All right. And then, um, um, I, Are you going with a pick number two? The pick number two is going to be Emilio. Of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I you know, expect... he's in Mexico. So, yeah, I, you exactly. know, this is his time of year he likes to play. I'll take Jim Furyk then as my backup. Ooh. All right. Ball all Strikers right. Paradise. Well, yeah. maybe not Paradise, but. All right. Well, speaking of uh, Paradise, he's out in Scottsdale, and he is uh, the man that knows everything about the Champions Tour, and we're lucky to get him on for a few minutes because the Charles Schwab uh, Cup is finishing up this week, and we want to check in with Martin Capellian from PGATour.com to uh, give us some insight on what's shaping up out there. Hey, Martin. Oh, the weather is gorgeous out here. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. I bet you're having a real rough time out there. Yeah, I am. The days are long. The sky is blue. You know, I don't know. I, but I find a way to get through. You know me. Yeah, all that means is you play golf in the morning, and then you go out and put, cover the tournament in the afternoon. I know you. No, actually, it's too nice to play golf. I need to go sit by the pool. <laughs> so, uh, all right, shape, shape this up for us. Is, is Bernhard going to uh, wrap up an unprecedented fourth Schwab Cup? Well, you know, he's, it's not it's not a gimme like it's been in the past. Uh, he's, you know, any one of the top five win, and they win and they deny him the cup. I mean, his, uh, all those millions that he accrued during the season, uh, they don't count for much right now. So he's still got to go out and get the job done. And, you know, he's a little gimpy right now. His, his, uh, uh, you know, he's got a couple little nagging little injuries, a knee and a back maybe. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I know that there'd be three guys in that top five are playing extremely well, and that would be McCarron, Montgomery, and Durant. Uh, Jimenez, his last two starts on the Champions Tour have been his two poorest performances uh, since he got out there. So he's not necessarily at the top of his game, uh, and I, you know, and, and wait to see. Now we do know that Longer will grind. There is no question about that. Uh, that's his stock and trade. Is is the grinder, and uh, so he, you know, he'll be there. He'll be there, but it's it's not it's not a gimme, as I say. How about uh, Monty? You know, he's playing really well. Uh, he hasn't had the best season. Uh, he hasn't played his best golf. Uh, is he peaking at the right time? Expected. I think so. I definitely think he is. I think McCarron uh, obviously is peaking at the right time. And uh, what they really have going for him is the knowledge that if they win this thing, they win. You know, a million bucks, you know, in addition to the regular prize money. So that's a lot of motivation, which the past couple of years, the guys on this tour haven't had that motivation because uh, Monty is, uh, you know, clear the table. Varden, you know a guy who's really having a lot of success out there who, let's face it, had an okay PGA Tour career uh, and was from our very own uh, backyard here of Tampa, Woody Austin. Uh, yeah, you know, he got off to a great start. He went three times in the first, what, two and a half, three months of the season, and then kind of lost it. He says it's just putting. When he's putting, he's competitive. When he's not, uh, he's not competitive. He's, I think, like eighth in points right now. Uh, so he's not out of it. I mean, he could, you know, if he wins this thing, it won't guarantee him the Charles Schwab Cup, but it would certainly uh, open a lot of uh, possibilities. Well, and speaking of possibilities, you got Rod Pampling winning this uh, past weekend uh, at 47 years old and looking like he's going to create a nice little cushion for himself for the next couple years to uh, get himself ready for the Champions Tour. 
Uh, well, I tell you, the, the arrival I'm waiting for is another international player, and that would be Jose Mariel Lacaball. Uh, he's back to playing. He's he's got apparently gotten over some of his issues, according to uh, Jimenez out here, and uh, he's looking forward to playing on this tour. And I think that uh, uh, he, he would be he, he'd be great out here. I think uh, if he can play anywhere near what he's capable of playing. Uh, when you put aside the injuries, the arthritis, and so forth, uh, I think he'd be an attraction out here. And Varden, somebody that's really been missing, well, you know, he's he's one of my favorites, out this year on tour, again, having uh, more back problems, is Freddie. What's what's his status? Well, you know, he played one of the playoff events just because it was a playoff event and he, he could get in. But, uh, you know, Freddie's back is Freddie's back. When, when you say or right anytime that Freddie's back. You don't know whether you're talking about a, a return to play or is that another back injury. Right. And it's just chronic with him. You know, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, he's tried, as we know, we all know, he's tried everything he can try. Uh, he was out eight months this year. Uh, and that's a lot. And, you know, he's he's not that, I mean, he's getting, what, 56, 57 now. Um, so, you know, the longer it takes and the older you get, the hard, harder it is. Uh, to play without pain and uh, also to play with motivation. I, I'm not quite sure, quite sure what's more important, playing without play, pain or playing with motivation. Well, we know you're someone that has covered the tours for years. And speaking of uh, back problems and, uh, of course, uh, playing with motivation, just your thoughts on Tiger and uh, what you know, what your, your hopes are for his uh, playing in the hero and, and then uh, next year. Wow, that was a pretty smooth segue into Tiger. Hey. That was all right. You know I'm good at this. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I mean, I think that we will learn absolutely nothing at the Hero World Classic. Let's be honest. It's, it's an exhibition. Uh, it's, it's, a vac- it's a week's vacation for everybody else in that field except Tiger, who will be trying to prove something, I imagine, uh, whatever that is. I think he's got a you know, long road to hoe. Um, you know, I think he's got to get out there. Disappointed that he hasn't played yet. Uh, he could have played some of these uh, fall season events against uh, obviously inferior competition. Uh, he wouldn't have had to win. He'd just get out there and get some reps because he needs reps. Um, and then the longer he stays out, I think emotionally, uh, the harder it is for him to come back. Well, you've been somebody that has covered him for a long time and I think, you know, we do know everybody likes that comeback story. So hopefully uh, there's there's more good good uh, play out of Tiger to come. As always, we love when we get the chance to speak with Vartan Capelli and Vartan. How do they tweet you, Facebook you, find you, my friend? Uh, you know what? Uh, just put my name in Facebook and you know, I'll put up the thing there. And same way with uh, Twitter. and uh, Up the I'll thing there. Up. I like that. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, look, I'm an old timer. I mean, I don't, you know, all that technology stuff. Is yeah, I know. Beyond me. So just, just put my name up there and you'll find me. Just find, if just, you really want to find me, you'll find me. Just find all his good stuff. And who are you picking for the tournament and the champions? And who's going to come out on top, Barton, before we go here? Uh, I think I like Joe Duran. Joe Duran. Woo. All right. There it is. He said it and then he was gone. <laughs> Barton? Yep, he's Bye. gone. Oh, you there? I'm here. Okay, I don't know what happened there. We just I'm uh, here. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, so you're going with Joe Duran and who overall to win the cup? Uh, Durant. I Durant. Think. If he wins the tournament, he wins the cup. Right. He's, he's had a couple of really, really – I spoke to him today, and he's had a couple of really good seasons. Uh, he hasn't won the big one yet, and I think he's fully capable of winning the big one, and this is his last chance this year. So, All right. Winning the big one. All right. Thanks so much, Martin Capellian. You're, you're listening to the Golf Insiders. We love you. Go out and play some golf this week, and we'll be back next Wednesday. Bye-bye.